the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paul, in our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, he starts in that particular chapter, even though we know in the letters there weren't chapters. He starts as part of his letter saying, Now about the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I'm going to tell you something. Every time that we see blessed St. Paul said, Church, I don't want you to be ignorant about something. It is something we need to learn. It's something we need to understand. For it has something to do with Christ and His ministry of salvation in and through the church. But in order to understand what St. Paul's teaching is on these spiritual gifts, as he says from our epistle, we need to begin with a few thoughts that came from our Wednesday Mass this last Wednesday as we celebrated the feast day of Blessed St. Bartholomew the Apostle. Because everything St. Paul says begins with Pentecost and sees its continuation in and through the Apostles and then flowing to the entire body of Christ. And our epistle reading on that day, this last Wednesday, was from Acts chapter 5. Listen to the very continuing ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ through the blessed apostles. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch, and none of the rest there joined them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches. That at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem. Bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. How can we miss the continuing ministry of Christ that we see throughout the entirety of the Gospels now manifesting itself through the church and through these blessed apostles? St. John Chrysostom has a great comment and a great teaching showing what really is happening by Christ through His church in this point through the apostles. He says these words, and I love even this first line. By the apostles in the ministry that you just heard described to them, he says, earth was becoming like heaven. What a wondrous thought. As Christ continued to minister, what's he doing? The kingdom of heaven was being manifest on earth, being brought very near to God's people, and obviously it was flowing through God's people, brightening up the world, because multitudes were coming into the church by earth becoming like heaven. He said earth was becoming like heaven, for their way of life, the, the apostles' way of life, their boldness of speech, wonders, were for the benefit of all. Like angels they were looked upon with wonder. They were unconcerned about ridicule, threats, and perils. They were compassionate, they were beneficent. Some of them they helped with money. Some they helped with their words. And some with healing of their bodies and of their souls. They accomplished every kind of healing. Earth was becoming like heaven. The kingdom of God manifest in the earth through the church. In other words, the kingdom of God was being realized, experienced 
in and through Christ and His ministry through His people. And notice it occurred in many different ways. Sometimes through an apostle, that gift, that beneficence would be provision to someone, God's provision, who needed provision in their lives. Sometimes it was spiritual direction by the words of the apostles that brought healing to the soul and wooed them in their relationship with Christ. And some of the apostles at times did miracles of healing, such as our blessed Saint Peter, who we're told that as he would walk by, people would crowd in just so his shadow would pass over them. And as the shadow of our patron saint would pass over them, their bodies would be mended. This is Jesus Christ moving in the earth. Through his church. And the undercurrent of the truth is this our Lord Jesus Christ was manifesting himself through each of the apostles and differently at times through each one. Different ministries, different apostles, different manifestations of the different revelations of Christ our God, and all revealing to the church the one Lord Jesus Christ who was very much alive and who saved. That is the description of the church we find in Acts and beyond and beyond. And St. Paul wants to remind us today in his writing to Corinth in 1 Corinthians 12 that this reality of the church, our Lord Jesus Christ, desiring to realize himself, to illuminate through us, to reveal himself through each one of us living stones, not just the apostles, the entirety of Christ's holy church. And so St. Paul writes, Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now I want to be specific on something. We need to see this because I've always found this very fascinating. We're going to, the word or the term spiritual gifts is what he uses. But unfortunately, this is an unbelievable addition, a little bit disappointing addition that kind of confuses things, or I should say brings less clarity to things. That word gifts, when he says spiritual gifts, if you look at the Greek that Scripture is given to us in, that word gifts doesn't exist in the first verse. They added that because of something St. Paul says in the fourth verse of that chapter. What it really reads is this. Now concerning the things that are spiritual, brother, and by spiritual, concerning those things that are from God and for the benefit of all. And even further, the church fathers comment on these Greek words expressing that these spirituals, all the things St. Paul is going to mention, and all the things you heard the apostles doing, these spirituals are those things that have their beginning. They emanate from the divine spirit within each believer, showing forth to all the divine nature and character of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through each living stone, every other living stone was getting to know Christ better was getting to experience the Lord Jesus Christ better. And then St. Paul proceeds to give us an example of some of these different ways. And this is not at all an existent list. Some of the different ways that through each living stone in the church, Christ was revealing himself. St. Paul writes, there, are, there is a diversity of gifts with the same spirit. And here in verse 4, the word gifts is used. But the fathers speak about that word this way. My goodness, they say that every experience of Christ through any living stone by the Holy Spirit is a divine gift to each one of us. You see, there are a diversity of gifts of the same spirit, St. Paul writes. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. 
There are diversities of activities. That is the activities of God through us. But it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. I want you to hear this. When you hear that, St. Paul is telling us that it is in God's mind. It is in God's will and it is in God's purposes that through every living stone that will avail himself or herself to his holy use, through that stone, he will reveal himself to others in whatever way he needs to do so for the benefit of all. And then he starts listing some of the things that they were experiencing in and through each living stone in the church. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning the spirits. How important are all of these to the life of the church? To another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one as He wills. And as I said, that list that I just gave you is not an exhaustive list. St. Paul goes on with another list about this in Romans in chapter 12, where he begins very specifically Romans 12 with these words, and we hear them in the Mass every time we meet. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your whole selves a living sacrifice acceptable to God. He starts off his teaching, even on Christ working through us, with what it takes for this to happen. No one who does not offer themselves and avail themselves as a blessed sacrifice, their whole selves indeed, to Christ our God can he work through. But any soul that makes a movement towards wanting God to be realized through their lives for the benefit of all, he'll step right in and do so. And after St. Paul talks about us making our lives uh, this living sacrifice, he goes on to offer another list of the ways that Christ was revealing himself through the living stones. Some of them are the same as 1 Corinthians 12, but some are different and added, such as, through some, Christ will teach the truths. Through some, he will provide material needs through the gift of giving, the benevolence, the gift of provision. Through some, he will offer exhortations that are words from Christ designed to draw the soul towards Jesus Christ and to walk from that union in him. And through others, he will minister his divine mercy to those who are suffering in those moments. My friends, I tell you, I've experienced so many of these in my journey with Christ through others in the body of Christ and even here in the body of Christ. We see these things. And the Holy Spirit, St. Paul says, He works all of these things as we need them and desire them. And He will do so through anyone who's offered their lives to Him. Are you seeing the similarities between what is described in Acts 5 of the apostles and Christ's continuing ministry through them and his continuing ministry through everyone in the body of Christ willing to be used of God? It's as if every living stone in the body of Christ, and you've heard me use this description before, it's as if every living stone is one two-inch mosaic piece. 
That when the Holy Spirit takes all of those mosaic pieces and orders them perfectly as He so needs and desires, according to His will, that when all of those pieces are put together, you stand back and all of a sudden you see the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ in the church. That is our Lord's desire in this world for the church, for the benefit of all therein, but also for those outside of the world to see and experience our living Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so unfortunate that what St. Paul is teaching of Christ's desire through His church and some of these ways that Christ manifests Himself that you've heard in Holy Scripture has gotten a bad rap or a bad taste in the mouth of many because of both the modern and the postmodern charismatic Many people look and say, well, let's hear that. Well, the problem is it's in Holy Scripture and it's happening in the church. Let's readjust for just a second. But we tend to look at things through the lens of what we've seen in some of the disorderly charismatic movements. And I want to tell you something. I have had in my journey with Christ, especially in my young adulthood, I've had experience in that movement. And I want to tell you two things about what's going on in that movement that is labeled the charismatic movement. The first is this, without question, out of Christ's mercy and His love for mankind and His desire to save, these spirituals, these things that we see manifesting there in that movement, I'm going to tell you right now that they are very genuine and they are very real and people are experiencing Christ. But in the same breath, I tell you this, that even amongst all of that and at the same time, what we find in that movement is what Satan constantly wants to interject into the body of Christ. That the good works of Christ are intermingled which that, with that which is counterfeit and that is not of God and creates disorder and creates great harm. You know, in, in reflecting on this many years after uh, my experience in, in that movement, there was an image that came to my mind that helped me understand what I had seen and experienced, what I just related to you, and it's this, that the charismatic movement became a picture like a mighty river that was running, but it was a mighty river that didn't have proper banks and levees. Have you ever seen what a mighty river will do if it does not have banks and levees? It'll spill over. It'll create flooding. It'll do damage. It will cause great confusion and harm and pain. But in the church, in Christ's holy church, by His desire and design, as the Holy Spirit wills, I tell you, the church is to be a mighty river. And we sing about that blessed river in the video qualm that comes straight from Revelation and Ezekiel, where everywhere that white mighty water flows, what is dead comes back to life. Because in the church, that mighty river has the levens. Because it is ordered by the Holy Spirit as we remain submitted to Him. You see, we cannot let that which is counterfeit, the counterfeit of our enemy, we cannot let it sway our hearts away from the authentic, from the real experience of Almighty God and Jesus Christ by His Holy Spirit that manifests itself through each one of us for the salvation and the strengthening and the growing of faith of all. Because remember what St. Paul says, 
All of these things he mentioned are ordered by the Holy Spirit for the prophet, for the eternal benefit of every soul inside the church. Now, if we desire as a church, if we desire to experience the fullness of Christ's ministry through each one to each one, I have something for you. First is this, never, and I mean absolutely never, seek the gifts. Never seek the gifts. Seek the giver. Seek the gift giver. With everything in your life, with all in your heart, seek the Lord Jesus Christ and tell Him like Isaiah did, Here I am, Lord, send me. And if we will do that, each living stone, who cares how Jesus manifests Himself through each of our lives? We just must have it and we must yearn for it. For Christ knows that we need it and that's why we're called the body of Christ. And if each one of us will do so, then we will become St. Bede's description of the church. And I want to share this with you. St. Bede describes the church using our own St. Peter from that image of his shadow that he cast. St. Bede says this, At that time, Peter visibly relieved the infirm by the shadow of his body. And because Peter is seen here as a type of the church, it is beautifully appropriate that he himself walked upright, but his accompanying shadow, he raised up those who were lying down. So the church, concentrating its mind on love of heavenly things, passes like a shadow on the land. And here on earth, with sacramental gifts and temporal figures of heavenly things, it renews the souls of all. That is one of the most beautiful descriptions you will ever hear of Christ's ministry through the church. My friends, Christ's church is to cast a shadow that all who enjoy that shadow find renewal of mind, soul, and body for that is Christ's continuing work of salvation through the body of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.